Like what you're hearing? Well, this will be music to your ears. Did you know your health insurance could take you places? It's true. Simply switch to Qantas Assure Health Insurance by the 6th of April and you could earn up to 120,000 Qantas points. So if you fancy listening to Samba in Santiago or Techno in Tokyo, search Qantas Assure today. Issued by NIB Health Funds Limited. T's and C's and exclusions apply. Hey everyone, and welcome to another Yogi Misfit session. I'm Danny Pomploon, and I'm your host. Today we have Samara. Samara, I don't even know how to say your last name. The last couple guests, I don't know how to say their last names because I'm the worst. How do you say your last name? Zalmaker. See, I'm just not even going to try it. <laughs> and my first name's Samara. I know it's like a hard, it's a different A because I'm Canadian, but yeah. I get that a lot. So Okay, but you need to introduce yourself then. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I'm Samara Zalmaker. There we go. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> yeah, the last couple, I don't know why. I just, well, maybe because I'm bad at pronouncing stuff, period. But, you know, and you guys all have like unique names. Stop switching it up on me. Come on. Give me like, give me something easy, like a Danny. <laughs> all good. Unique names for unique people, right? That's true. That's very good. So welcome to uh, welcome to the show. Um, for uh, for everyone that's listening out there, um, Samara and I met, I don't know, how long ago was it? A few, a few months back? Maybe like six months? Yeah, a couple months ago when I first moved here. Yeah, and she popped into Yoga Tree and took one of my classes. And I ended up chatting with her. It was about your like yoga mat. I was like, oh, yeah, I love that mat, blah, 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 blah. And then we started chatting. And um, yeah, one thing led to another. And then we kind of became little buddies and checked in here and there about random stuff. And we bumped into each other around the city. And yeah, and now here we are on a podcast. Here we are. <laughs> how's your uh, How's your day going today? My day is going great. And to that same effect, um, you know, I'm new to San Francisco, but I, you know, people always ask me, you know, how do you meet all these amazing people? And you have these like awesome people in your life, wherever you go. And I think that it comes down to like soul connection. So when you've done this, like amazing work on yourself, then you attract other people who's doing the same, like who've done the same kind of work. And that's what I felt like I saw in you and why we like automatically connected. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't I agree with that. I remember the one time we went to coffee, we started talking. And I'm like, Oh, man, she's on my same page. Like We're both go, <laughs> we're both go getters ready to take over the world. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, doing it from a from a yogic way, you yeah, know, <laughs> yeah, total, which means saving the world. Yeah, it's a big it's a big job, but someone's got to do it. So I know I mean, I know your yoga story and I know that you, you so you were in Canada and then you moved to San Francisco, but I don't think people know your yoga story yet. So why yoga for you? And then I think they need to hear about your yoga story because you had a lot going on. Sure, sure. I would love to share that. So I mean, yoga for me started about, let's say 15 years ago, I spent a summer in LA and I went to Maha Yoga. I heard that it just closed, but it was like an institution in LA. And I remember taking my first yoga class next to like one of the Olsen twins and thinking like, okay, this yoga thing's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and it went from an aesthetic thing um, to really allowing me to drop into my body and connect, um, you know, beyond all the crazies that happen in all of our minds, which I'm sure you can relate to. Sure. And, and you know, from there I started my yoga journey and it, it had fluxes, you know, I would go, the Canadian winters are cold and long, so I'd go to get sweaty 
on a, on a cold day or I'd go just cause I was like hungover or something weird or cause I needed a break from like some of the other gym exercises that I was doing. Um, and it wasn't until I broke my foot, which was in May of 2014. Nope. It was May of 2012. And I, it was, I was on a, a business trip. I used to work in the fashion industry and I was on a business trip in Brazil and my coworker was waking me up to board our flight and I stepped down and broke my foot just like that. Oh no. Yeah. And, but it was kind of the best thing that happened to me. It was a really big wake up call that like, Hey, what I was doing wasn't making me happy. And that clearly if I could, you know, be, be affected and riddled with stress in a way that, you know, I think that our body gives us signs when we need to see them. So that was my body's way of telling me, Hey girl, like you got to switch this up. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. I had no idea it was going to lead me to a yoga training, but I was up north and a friend of mine's sister was opening up a yoga studio on the lake. And I went because we went to support her and I had my boot on and the owner of the franchise was there. And she's like, wow, you're really dedicated to your yoga practice. You're doing yoga with a boot on. And I was like, well, you know, not really. I'm just kind of here to support my friend. And she said, have you ever thought about doing a yoga teacher training? And I hadn't. And that's what sparked me doing it. And I did my yoga teacher training at the end of that summer in August 2012. And I got there and was like, this is crazy. This is yoga jail. Everyone's so intense for doing <laughs> yoga so much. Yeah. And people are crying and like, I don't get this. I don't understand. And then by the end, I was totally drinking the Kool-Aid and was like, this is the best thing ever. Um, I feel refreshed and renewed. And finally, around people who understand me and understand what I'm going through. And they're putting a name to these feelings that I felt for so long. And I, that, that was the beginning of my yoga journey. I, you know, started teaching part-time and then in April, 2013, so uh, almost a year later, I went to Africa. I went to Nairobi, Kenya on Africa Yoga Project. It's a non-for-profit organization that trains people from all over Africa to be yoga teachers. And they train people to be yoga teachers, you know, yoga is the medium, but it's really about the leadership training and these people who come from nothing, like from slums and are dirt, dirt poor, um, start to create change in their communities. And they do that by teaching classes in slums, in hospitals, in schools, in jails, in orphanages. That's awesome. Yeah, That's I've, awesome. I've read about the Africa Yoga Project. I actually was going to do some work for them and then I ended up not doing work for them, but they are a really, really, really cool group. It's really unbelievable what they're doing. And it was such a transformational experience for me to see um, people who are my equals, right? But then where they came from and where I came from. And, and at the end of the day, that it doesn't really matter and that we're all just the same. And so I'm the kind of person I leap. So same way I leapt into the teacher training, not really knowing. I came home and I was like, this is it. This is what I need to do. And I leapt into teaching full time. I quit my job and I didn't know I was going to have to move out of my apartment and sleep on my aunt's couch or what that was going to look like. I just knew I had to do it. And so I started teaching and that's when I started my company called mindfulness matters. And I started teaching yoga in schools and privately and at studios and leading workshops and international retreats. I also started distributing a line of fitness apparel. So it kind of paired both of my love for yoga and my background in fashion. And, um, and then here we are. I mean, I, I taught a yoga teacher training and opened up a pop-up yoga studio and, was able to go to Costa Rica and Bahamas with, with amazing groups of people leading them through yoga retreats. So I, I feel, I feel really fortunate and, um, 
in the past two years, I've also added health coaching to that. So I, so I work with people on a transformational level, both through what they're eating, diet, exercise, lifestyle, and then also through yoga. So you just went like full force, like you went for it. You were like, okay, yeah, this is the thing. This, I like it. I'm going for it. There's no holding back. Like I just, I want to do this thing. Yeah, it's something that I've never been so sure about in my life. You know, I think that people say like when you know, you know, um, and that's really how I felt. And that comes down to like that intuition and that knowing and to listening to it. And that's, you know, kind of a little bit about what we're going to talk about today is where does your intuition hold weight over like your rationale and your mind? And I think that a lot of people in today's society put a lot of emphasis on intellect and what we should be doing and Mm -hmm. that, oh, this is what makes sense versus like what you know in your body to be true. How do you... Yeah, I'm passionate about getting people into their bodies to listen to that voice. And how? And I, and I know. I mean, I I know from speaking to you, and I I think people would even pick it up just hearing you speak already. But like, you are so clear on, on and like you said, like intention and acting from a place of like pure intention. And I think, I mean. I think that for a lot of people not knowing that sort of language and not being exposed to that language a lot can be like, oh, that's a bunch of hippy dippy bullshit. But in all actuality, it's just it's really listening to your gut. And so what like what I wanted to ask you is like, how do you live a life of like from intuition and not just because you're supposed to do this, but like really what's meaningful? Sure, that's a really good question. And I always say it's the hardest work. I call it the path of the warrior um, because it's hard to go against what you think you should do or kind of like the way society's taught you to be, but it's the most rewarding. Because we've been pushed to do those things for so many years. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And you start getting into that comparing mindset of of shoulds, right? And so my first thing there is around the languaging that you said. So I always say, where can I replace should with could, right? So instead of I should be going to this thing, or I should be making X amount of money or whatever. I should be eating the blueberries, replacing that with could. So really one of my fundamental beliefs is that our thoughts create our actions and our actions create our lives. So it really starts with our thought process and how we're thinking. Mm. And then, so again, you know, the languaging comes into play really powerfully there. I also have done this with myself and continue to do it. It's, it's a journey for sure. And I work with my clients around it is establishing what your non-negotiables are. So when I compare it to baking, let's say you wanted to make a cake from scratch. And so, you oh, know, I thought, I thought I heard bacon. I'm like, yeah, I love bacon. <laughs> it compared, like, mm. any, anything bacon. It's great. Yeah. But you said baking. Okay. Just to clarify. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so if you were going to make a a cake from scratch, you would know, okay, well, I know that I need three teaspoons of baking soda and one egg and some flour in order to get that delicious, yummy cake. And so how can we do the same but for our lives? And when we step into that and we start asking ourselves those questions, it's so powerful because you're never in a situation that you can't handle because you know exactly what to do based on like asking yourself those questions and doing that work. Sure. Sure. What, um, what would you say then in that? So knowing that, okay, knowing that that's probably like step one, obviously, right? Like what would you say is a great way if you were to just give a quick rundown, like how do you do that? How do you sit down and discover or write down or put out what your non-negotiables are? Sure. So that's a really good question. So it starts with asking yourself the questions because if you don't ask, you're never going to know. And so 
I encourage people to have a daily meditation practice and a daily journal, a daily journaling practice. And I remember my coaches and my mentors were always like, journal, journal, journal. It's the best thing. And I was like, oh, I'm not a journaler. Like, no, it's not <laughs> B- for me. Boring. Like, yeah, no, you know, because like all this work is like, it's not fun or, yeah. you know, it, it is now. But, you know, when you first start, it's, it's, you know, especially around mindfulness and meditation, people always think like, oh yeah, I should just be able to sit for 10 minutes and quiet my mind because like, that's easy. But if you were learning how to play tennis or hockey or doing something like that new, you wouldn't expect that you were going to know how to do it within 30 days. Right. 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 And so it's, so it's, it's bringing that same amount of gentleness to, to that. So it's identifying like a daily mindfulness practice and that can look different for everyone. It doesn't always have to mean sitting in meditation. You know, for some people running is their meditation for other people, yoga is their meditation for other people, you know, it just kind of depends, but it's, it's taking that pause on a daily basis. The same way, like you brush your teeth and you go to the bathroom every day, you want to be happy every day. Sure. So it's having that consistent practice on a daily basis. So I'd start with that. And then, you know, I, I, it depends on where the person is at in their journey, but starting with writing down what that looks like. So I find writing a really cathartic process because it allows you to take all that crazy talk that's going on in your mind and like blurt it onto a page. And what happens when we create space for, you know, when we release those things, I think it's 90% of our thoughts are the same every single day. If we release that and write it down, we create room for inspiration. We create room for other things to flow in. Um, So I would say a mindfulness practice, journaling, sweat, right? So whatever that looks like for you, move your body, mm-hmm. be outside in nature. So what's really beautiful about nature is it receives. And what I mean by that is like, it's bigger than us and it's been around longer than us. So it knows. Right. Right. Yeah. It's and smart. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it has this evolution, like, you know, the leaves, you know, fall off the trees every fall and it, it you know, the sun rises every day and the moon comes out every night. And it just kind of has this pattern of knowing. And so, you know, whether that means going for a hike or being on a beach or, you know, whatever that looks like for you, making a point to be in nature really regularly. And then ultimately it's what are you surrounding yourself with? The people, the food, your space, that kind of stuff. So you write these things down. Okay, let's look. so we, we figure out what our non-negotiables are. Then what do we do with this stuff to then continue to to live from a place of where we're not supposed to do it because everyone else is doing it because it really means something right to us. Sure. So I think it's like aware, like awareness is that first step, right? So what are your non-negotiables? What makes you happy? And that's always going to be changing too. So constantly like asking yourself those questions. And that's why I say it's a daily practice. Sure. And then once you're clear on what those are, it's, implementing them. So if you're able to implement those things, like I just said, mine is meditation and yoga and being in nature and nourishing my body with healthy foods. Trust that when you implement these practices on a daily basis, that everything will work out the way it needs to. And I mean that in the truest sense of the word, like I know that can sound like very like yogi, you know, whatever, but it's not always about doing something. So then that, so you asked me like, what do you do? Right. And it's less about doing and more about being. Mm. So when you figure out what those non-negotiables are, you do them and then you let everything else happen. You just let the work happen on its own. Exactly. 
Exactly. Cause that is not something that you can do and fix. And I know you can relate cause we're both such doers. It's one of those things. I don't, like, know, I know. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? <laughs> Me? No. <laughs> I call myself a recovering a type because you know, you can drive yourself freaking crazy doing and doing and doing and doing. And it's exhausting. This quite is, frankly, this is way too close to home right now. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> so thanks for coming on the show today, Samara. We'll see you later. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> why is she seeing me? Yeah. No, and you know what? I see me. And that's why that's why I did this work and I do this work. I mean, I say do this work because it's it's always, like I said, evolving. Yeah. Um, and that's why I also feel such a strong need to share it with other people because I'm not special. Like, you know, people also say to me all this I'm like, oh my God, you know, all these amazing things happen to you all the time. And it's it has nothing to do with me being special. It's for me putting in this time and this work and getting really clear because whether it's a relationship, a job, you know, a need, a want, you can't give something away that you don't have. Mm -hmm. Right. So deciding what that is for you, getting really, really clear through these tools of like, you know, deciding what your non-negotiables are and then actually implementing them on a daily basis. Um, that's when, everything else falls into place. I agree with that because I, I mean, I've personally, you know, <clears throat> well, let, let's give it this last year forever. I've been working my little tushy off to really do my yoga stuff and I love it and I love it so much. And people have made a lot of comments like, Oh, you know, in general, like you, you're doing this and that's great. And like, I need to hang out because like, I want to continue to do that stuff too. But in all actuality, you don't just, it's, it's not osmosis. Like you don't get it just by hanging out. You actually have to like go and sit there and do the work. And that's, that's like, that's really hard for people to do because one, you actually have to deal with whatever is in front of you, be it your thoughts or be it a task, but you have to deal with whatever's there. Mm-hmm. And people are oh, afraid to, to do deal that. with what's coming up. Right. Cause like we're in our society, it's kind of all about like fill, fill, fill. Like if something's not going right, we fill it with alcohol. We fill it with food. We fill it with things that are not so good for us so we can not deal with it and shove it underneath the rug. And when you do this work, it's uncovering all that. And that could be like messy Right. But when we clean up that mess, like I said, it's, it's the best, it's the best feeling. And I see it in my clients that I work with, um, you know, having these amazing breakthroughs and they're like, Oh my God, if you told me that I was going to be like this three months ago and I'm like, this is just you dealing with your shit. You know, this is right. just you like looking at yourself and like taking that rug off and like the craziest things happen to them. And that's why I say like, I'm not special because it's like, it's so cool what is possible when you, you know, lift up that rug and you're prepared to take this work on. And that's why I call it the path of the inner warrior, because it's, you got to be fucking strong. Yeah. 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 You can totally say that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You totally can. Uh, I I totally agree with you, man. I completely like 100%. You have to be strong, not just physically, because you have to have, there is some sort of like physical strength that goes into this. Like, not like, you got to be able to like lift weights and all, but like you have to be able to get yourself up every day. But two, you got to be able to like put your head in the game and go for it. Mm. And, and even, you know, like as you were saying, so, you know, doing things out of intention and not because there are so many things that just my close or even you, like there's so many things that you weren't supposed to do. Right. Like, Mm. you know, a quote unquote, but you know that it felt right. So you had to do it. Mm hmm. Or you had to just like sit back and even, you know, sitting back and letting something happen. Like you had to like, that requires strength when you're just like, oh, fuck, what's going on? (laughs) Sure. But, you know, the flip side of that, because I've experienced the flip side of that, too, is when like you kind of break your foot out of nowhere. Right. Right, Or 
you have these like little nudges that you're like, oh, that sounds good, but, and they eventually become screams and they tend to manifest in terms of, you know, whatever that looks like. And it blows up in your face and you're like, oh yeah, no, I I knew I should have like quit my job six months ago, or I knew that I should have ended that relationship, or I knew that I should have like maybe had like one less drink that night or whatever that looks like. Like it's always going to find a way to come out. It's just a matter of like how much suffering you want to put yourself through. Yeah. Suffering is, uh, (laughs) suffering is optional. Yes, it is optional, but it's one that we like as humans love to indulge in. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know either. And it shows up in our yoga practice. You know, I'm sure you see it too when people are holding poses and they're like, their jaws are so clenched or they're, you know, like there's something so tight. And I'm like, dude, like this doesn't have to be so hard. Like let's soften your jaw. We're working on your glutes right now. You know, like let's. So it's funny how it tends to manifest in our bodies as well, you know, as in our minds. And and you spoke about being strong. It's like, this is like fitness for your inner witness. I I heard that at a training somewhere. <laughs> I cannot take credit for it. And I was like, I love that. I'm using that. <laughs> fitness for your inner witness. Yes. That's calling your own shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Calling yourself out. And then, you know, the best part of it is kind of what I started this conversation saying is that you then you become this like magnet for other people doing this work. And so that's a really big part of it too, is a support system, right? Because it can feel like, you know, when you're dealing with this shit and it gets messy, it can feel overwhelming and it's okay to ask for help and support, whether it's through going to your weekly yoga class or hiring a coach or having amazing people or friends in your life that you connect with. Um, but that just also kind of happens because Mm -hmm. again, it's, it's all about turning your gaze inwards. It's all about looking in as opposed to like, oh, well, I need the friends before I can do the work or I need to have like a perfect like body before I can feel good about it. But it's, you know, it's, it's about turning that inwards because that's, that's exactly what intention is or, um, intuition is we got, we got the answers right here already. It's just starting to listen to them. It's sitting down and listening to them. Yeah. Taking the time. Yeah. So you do, you do, uh, you do coaching and stuff. And so if, if some of our listeners wanted to, to get a hold of you, they can find you on your website, which I'll, I'll put in the, uh, in the notes as well. Um, but what else, uh, where else can we find you? We can find you on Facebook and I'll put all your, your social links on there, but you do also like workshops and I know you're working on a retreat as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, they can, everyone can find me at mindfulnessmatters.ca. I also, um, I'm on Instagram, which is also at Mindfulness Matters. And um, I teach here in the city. I teach at Karma Yoga, which is a new studio that opened up in the marina. Um, And like I said, I do online coaching and workshops and retreats. So I have this retreat coming up on April 1st in Toronto. It's a one-day urban retreat. Mm -hmm. And it's all about living a life out of intention instead of out of habit, what we're talking about. And I'm also doing another retreat in Nicaragua at the end of October. So it's October 28th to November 6th. I, um, who are you right now? Me? (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? This is why we connected. (laughs) My female counterpart found you. Yeah, I know, right? Well, that's good. I love that. Um, yeah, so have that going on. And, you know, I, I felt I, I went to Nicaragua. I don't know if you've been to Madeira's Village. That's where I'm hosting the retreat. But I went there um, at the end of September or at the beginning of September. And I decided I'm taking this trip by myself. And it was kind of, um, you know, an ending of a chapter in my life before I was moving to San Francisco. And there was just so much magic that was created for me while I was there that, like I said, I always 
feel like something I discover I need to share with other people. So that's the intention behind that retreat is sharing the ma magic of the Nicaraguan jungle and lots of yoga and soul connections and, and fun stuff, some surfing too. So that'll be really great. Awesome. I love it. Well, yeah. Samara, I was so happy to, uh, to have you on the show. We've been going back and forth trying to get each other on and we're both just such busy bees. Like, I feel like, I feel like some magic is going to happen between us outside of just the show. <laughs> it definitely will. It definitely will. And I'm like, not going to do one thing about it. I'm just going to let it happen. Yeah, I'm going to follow my own advice. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. It was so great to have you today. Thank um, you so much. Do you have anything else you want to say to the listeners before we take off today? I just want to tell them to like, in, like just enforce that this stuff really, really, really works. And so, you know, I can speak to that just because of my own experience. And so feel free to reach out, even if, you know, you don't want to work with me, but something that I said today really resonated with you. Like, I would love to hear from you. I find I talk about it in my yoga classes all the time. Like I get to speak for an hour and then no one else gets to talk. Right. And it's always nice to get, um, to get an idea on how you're feeling too. So that's, that's what I would want them to know. Awesome. I want you guys to know. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, until the next Yogi Misfit session, this is Danny and Samara saying toodaloo. Bye. Like what you're hearing? Well, this will be music to your ears. Did you know your health insurance could take you places? It's true. Simply switch to Qantas Assure Health Insurance by the 6th of April and you could earn up to 120,000 Qantas points. So if you fancy listening to Samba in Santiago or Techno in Tokyo, search Qantas Assure today. Issued by NIB Health Funds Limited. T's and C's and exclusions apply. Music.